I'll try to cut an hour off just because the kids, the kids aren't here. Good morning. Bear with me here. I'm trying a new program and a new device, and it's a little scary. All right. All right. Welcome. 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 like to start with a quote. Here's the quote this morning. Chains of habit are too light to feel until they are too heavy to be broken. The chains of habit are too light to feel until they're too heavy to be broken. This is the last service of the year. Tomorrow will be the last day of the year. And here we are again. Again. Maybe some of us have some regrets. Maybe some disappointments. Some wish I would haves Some wish I wouldn't haves But here we are at a season of new beginnings and fresh starts. I love New Year's because even though it's just the next day, it still gives you the feeling of a new beginning and a fresh start. Amen? I was reading about this year's uh, top 10, top New Year's resolutions. <coughs> you know, people go wild during... And the things that people responded to, the most important things that they want to work on for the New Year every year, I basically took them all and I summed them up. And they're basically this, get healthy, right? Anybody? Get healthy, that means start eating right, work out, whatever, right? Get healthy is one of the the top. Number two, get your money right. Amen? Get out of debt, get a new job, make more money, spend less, the whole nine, right? Budget better. Number three, break bad habits. Anybody? Four, create good ones. And five, a lot of people put together and said, we, 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 we need to stay connected. We need to connect more with family, connect more with friends. And then in some of the polls, people added, add some spirituality. Yeah, that's what I said. Get spiritual. Can I give you the secret? Are you ready for the secret To a fresh start and a new beginning that actually works and is actually sustainable. Are you ready? How much would you pay for the... (laughs) Five easy payments of $39.99. I'm going to let you... But if you act now within the next 60 seconds... No, no. Here's the secret that I found to actually make these new beginnings work and actually make it sustainable. It's found in Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Another translation puts it this way. But first, be concerned about his kingdom and what has his approval Then all of these things will be provided for you. The Message Bible puts it this way. 
People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know, both know God and know how he works, so steep your life. I love the word steep. It's, if you're a tea drinker, you know, you, you put the tea in the water and you, and you let it steep. It means, like, let it, you know, let it, let it marinate. Steep. The message says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out, and you'll find that your everyday human concerns will be met. Wow. Adding some spirituality, becoming more spiritual, is a horrible idea. It's a secular, demonic idea. We're already spiritual. Do you understand? It's not a matter if we're more spiritual. We're already spiritual. The question is... Who are we going to serve? Uh Uh-oh. Are we going to be slaves to sin or are we going to be servants of the Most High God? That's the question for this year. We are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. The answer to every resolution is God. No, there should have been a little more excitement there. The answer to every resolution is God. A little better. Get healthy. Let's break them down real quick. Get healthy. Listen, forget diets. Forget programs. Add some fasting to your life. Uh Uh-oh. This year, I started intermittent fasting at the start of the year. I went, I was scared to take a physical for a long time because the last time I took a physical, my numbers were a little crazy and they wanted to put me on, you know, medication. I started intermittent fasting this year, the start of the year. I went into a a, a physical, all of my numbers are good. And I was 17 pounds lighter than I was the last time I did it. And, and because I'm intermittent fasting, I'm saving about a hundred, over a hundred dollars a month. Because I work in Manhattan, so you know, like a bagel is $17. (laughs) Which leads us to the second one. Get your money right. You want to get your money right? Listen, there's no other way to tell you this. Put God first. Give him the first fruit. You don't have to be legalistic about it. I'm not saying, oh, if you're not tithing, your money's cursed. All I'm saying is, my money's blessed. Amen? Amen? So test God in this. If you, listen, if you're not, this is, this is what kind of makes me crazy about Christians. If you're not tithing, if you're not partnering with God, then you can't pray confidently in financial issues. Yeah, yeah, I thought it would be quiet. Everybody's like, move on. You, you understand, if you don't, if, if he's not, if you have sectioned off parts of your life that he has no businesses on, you don't allow him in, you can't pray in those areas. God, I need a better job. God, I need, I need more, I need this promotion. God said, well, I'm not included in that. You don't want me. You're like school. You don't, they don't want me in there. <clears throat> okay, I'll move on. I'm sorry. If you haven't started, then, then talk to your wife today and decide on something. Don't be late. Is there, I can't do temper. Then don't, don't, just start something. Amen? Do you know that, that 20% of the people here pay 90% of the bills? All right, I'm going to leave that alone. Break bad habits. Develop good ones. How? 
When you develop good habits like prayer, fasting, reading to know God, dates with your wife, play dates with your kids, fellowship with friends, you know all that is biblical, all that is godly. When you develop those good, it's hard to keep doing things that will separate you from God when everything you're doing is bringing you closer to God. You get that? Too many Christians, we get stuck on, oh, I have to stop, I have to stop uh, cursing, or I have to stop smoking, or I have to stop whatever, whatever it is you're stuck on, whatever it is that thing that you struggle with, and you're focused on that thing. Forget about that thing, focus on a good thing, and that thing will seek first the kingdom of God, and all of that stuff will be added onto you, amen? It's easier to break bad habits when you develop good ones. Does that make sense? This is good stuff. Let me give you an example. You want to stop smoking? Start running. All of a sudden, you're not concentrating on not smoking anymore. You're concentrating on breathing. So I can't keep running if I'm going to keep smoking. And so you, you, you get it? That was just a natural example. If you want to start the new year right and breaking cycles and that have us returning to the same things again and again and again, year after year, we have to do things differently. Like, how, it's, it's crazy that we don't see that, right? Like, somebody has to tell us that. I know that I have to tell myself that every year. I'm not saying, and, and here's, here's what I'm not saying with this. I'm not saying seek first the kingdom of God and everything in your life will fall into place and it'll be gravy. Because it will not. Amen? Anybody been around long enough to know? I'm not saying everything will get fixed. We took a long time to get this messed up. There's still some things we might have to walk through. Amen? God doesn't promise that if you seek Him, He'll fix everything. What He does promise again and again and again throughout the Scriptures is that I will be with you. No matter what mess you're walking in, no matter what consequences you find yourself walking through, no matter what situation, how dark, how, how dry, how insurmountable, how impossible it may appear and feel at the moment, no matter what comes against you, no matter how many times you find yourself stuck again in the same pattern and in the same cycles of your sin, God said, I will be with you. Psalm 139 says, I love this. I love this. Psalm 139 says, you know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, Lord. You go before me and behind me and place your hand of blessing on my head. That's become my favorite scripture. This year, that's kind of been the, the scripture for me this year. Whenever I find myself in the same place again, I, I try to imagine how, how God should be. Man, if, if, if you and I were God, we'd be fed up with it with ourselves. Amen? Anybody? I try to imagine how, how disappointed God is with me or how, how, how angry he must be with me that I'm how disappointed again that I'm here again. And I think of this passage and I understand that even on the days when I think I'm good and I feel like he loves me, even on those days, he sees how many times I'm falling. He sees how many ugly things I've done. And he goes before me and he goes behind me and his hand of blessing is on my head. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
For a couple of weeks now, if you've been, if you've been here, I've been encouraging you to do what? Amen. To read the book of Judges. To try to get that book under your belt by the end of the year. Can, can I just get a little encouragement and tell me who has started that book at least? All right. 16 of you, the rest of you that are not visiting for the first time, you have to go home. <laughs> Judges is just the perfect picture of what happens when we don't stay connected. It's the perfect picture of what happens when we don't seek God, when we don't put him first, and when we just try to add some spirituality to our lives. I told you I wasn't going to go through the book with you, and I'm not, but, but I did tell you I wanted to end the year with a reflection kind of or two from that book. And, and if you've been reading it or if you finished it, the last two chapters are enough to send you tripping. Amen? Anybody got to the end? Who finished the book? Come on, who finished the book? Where the start... The, the, all right, amen. <clears throat> the violence, the tragedies, the injustices. I'm telling you, this is, this is primetime TV. At, at its, anything that you see on TV, like you read the book of Judges and it's there. Some of these chapters you might have asked yourself, why is this in the Bible? Anybody? I thought the Bible was supposed to make me feel safe. And comfort me and lead me tiptoeing like a ballerina through the shadow of the valley of death. But welcome to the truth. Amen. Welcome to the truth. American Christianity has been so watered down with just feel-good messages. The stuff that you listen to that you think, oh, the Bible is just full of... of, of, of Fairies and puppies and... Anyway, I want to talk to you about some of this. Judges is a beautiful tragedy. It's, it's man on his own at his best. Man on his own at his best. And, and there's just a couple of things I've chosen to kind of reflect on Judges as we close this year. And, and um, I'll try to keep you connected even if you haven't read it for the sake of those that have just started coming recently. But if you've been here for weeks and you heard me asking, that's one of the things I'm going to ask you to work on this year. Amen? Don't just check off church as something, yo, I checked off, I came to church. Be a church. Be the church. If we're doing something, do it. Amen? Church isn't a building you come to. It's an identity you walk out. The first reflection in this tragic book that you would have read in the first two chapters, I don't know if you caught it. Joshua, he leads the people into the promised land, in the land that God promised them. And all he tells them is, you have to go into this land, and it's full of enemies, but I'm going to go with you, and I have the enemies there to prepare the place for you so that you can live in houses you didn't, bi- you didn't build and eat food that you didn't plant and have the things that you didn't pay for. Amen? All they have to do is go in. He's prepared the land, and he tells them, like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And in the beginning, we see that they move, that, that, that they, they see God move, and they have amazing testimonies of battles they didn't even fight. Some battles they went in without weapons. 
Can you imagine if, if you, if you, I don't know, you know, if we go back that far, but you know, you're in high school and somebody tells you, yo, after school, I'm, I'm going to knock you out. We're going to fight. And, right? And, and the guy, you know, he shows you like this. He's got guns here and knives here, grenades on his ankle. You know, he's like, after school, it's me and you. And two pit bulls, you know? And a zombie on a chain. I mean, you know, like, this guy is ready, ready for fighting. And imagine you're going to meet him after school and you show up with like a tambourine. That's, that's the kind of battles we're talking about. God says just go. Just go and worship or just go and, and step in or just go and shout. And, and the enemy's going to kill themselves. I mean, that's the kind of battles that we're talking about. God says when I go with you, I do the work. Amen? When I go with me, the battle is mine. Okay, so they've seen that. They've seen, and then <coughs> in chapter 2, we get a little, a little summary recap of a lot of the time that happened during it. Judges chapter 2, starting in verse 6. It says, when Joshua had dismissed the people, the sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the survived Joshua, had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And all that generation were also gathered to their fathers. That means they all died too. So Joshua died and all those in his generation died. And then it says, and arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. Nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. There starts the tragic descent. While Joshua was alive and leading them, they were good. While, while those that worked with Joshua were alive, God was known. The word there, known, is, is a very intimate word. It, it, it's the same word that they, it uses when it says, Adam knew Eve and had a baby. So you understand, that's intimate. You want me to change mics? Okay. So, the, 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 while Joshua was alive and leading them, they were good, right? And so then that worked. While Joshua was alive, God was known. While Joshua's generation was alive, God was known. But then arose a generation after them that did not know the Lord. The next gener generation didn't know the God like they did. And the question is why? Why did the next generation not know God like they did. What changed? Did God change or did the world around them change? Because the last, could it be that the last generation didn't live God loud? Could it be that the next generation did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord because they didn't have the testimony? They didn't have the experience. See, if you hear us here at church and we're always giving testimonies, we're always telling stories about what God has done, and, and this is why we cannot let a generation come out from among us that doesn't know God and know what he did. Amen? Do you know that that's our role 
as parents, our role as elders, our role as 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 theos and 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 titis and and padrinos and godfathers, right? That's our role to pass on to the next generation truth. Revelations 12 says they overcame, this is the end. Revelation is the last book of the Bible. They overcame, they triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. That means we need to always be sharing two things with our generation, the gospel and our story. Amen? Can I brag on God for a minute? Most of you probably wouldn't understand what we take here for granted. Since we moved into this building, there has been a constant attack on this building. Constant. I remember the first night, we were, we, everything was still not painted. We were still cleaning. We had a youth night. The youth sat on buckets. The youth leader and pastor, we, we sat on buckets, on paint buckets. And that night, it was a Friday night, as we were sitting here praying, we were right here, I remember right here in this little space, we were sitting on paint buckets. All of a sudden, the, the building started getting hit with rocks. People started throwing rocks. It was late. It was dark. I'm not saying I was scared or nothing, but, you know, people were like, let's go find out. I said, chill, relax. You don't just go running when somebody throwing rocks at a building. You know, you got you to use wisdom, you know. I was scared for them. But there's been a constant attack. Listen, from the day that that massive tree fell on this building for, for our visitors, we had a massive tree from the neighbors that split and fell on this building. While we were here, shut our building down. The DOB came in and, and it was a mass. We were shut down for six months, this building. And we totally, under, we totally believe it's a total attack to shut. You know why? The enemy believes in our potential more than we do. Take that for you. The enemy believes in your potential more than you do sometimes. He knows if I can shut this place down, I don't know where they'll go, but, but at least we'll stop them. We'll stop them here. And he's trying to stop us here since the beginning. That tree shut us down and what the enemy meant for our harm got turned around for our good. Let's brag on God for a minute. Well, listen, while we might have been shrinking in numbers because we were meeting in little schools all over the South Bronx and, and people were like, hey, peace out. You know, I'll see you when you get back in the building. Let us know, you know. I'm like, thanks. While we were, while we were um, shrinking on the outside, we were growing on the inside because God was preparing this place, knocking down all the classrooms. That right there was all classrooms. None of you would have seats there. That was all classrooms. And, and then this over here was all classrooms and, and offices. So none of you would have seats there. And, and look, you see right now, we wouldn't fit, right? So God was doing something, preparing for such a time as this, knocking things down and building things on the other side, which was just an empty 5,000 square foot warehouse. What the enemy meant for our harm, God. Now listen, none of that came easy. None of that came cheap. We've spent close to $300,000 to tear this down and build that up. But here we are, a small church in the Bronx of Hispanic African-American, 
like, you know, all kinds, all mix of, of what I'm trying to say, none of us is rich, amen? I, I don't, I, I haven't met too many millionaires sitting here. If you are, you're hiding it well. So for a little church in the Bronx to spend $300,000, to have $300,000 to spend. Come on, man. We got to brag on God a little bit. There were times where we were literally down to less than the month's mortgage and still had to, the month's mortgage, by the way, $10,000 a month. We pay $15,000 a month just to keep the building open and the lights and the heat on. Which, by the way, we could turn off. It's hot. Every step of the way, God is mad. Every time we need, every time the enemy threw a new surprise, like, like, like some inspector that says, hey, we got we to gotta change this whole sidewalk. Or we're going to start giving you violations. Really, how much does that cost? Ten grand. Okay, got supplied. Ten grand. We changed the sidewalk. Okay, we need this for heating. Okay, God supplied that. We need it. Okay, we need this for this. Okay, we need, you know, $15,000 to pay in violations that we inherited when we bought this building. Okay, that's nothing for God. For us, it's impossible. But that's nothing. Can we brag on God for a minute? The attacks have, the attacks have continued. Let me give you a quick testimony none of you probably know. You know, a little while ago, we had a women's conference. Wasn't that an amazing time here? We had, there was a lot of women here. It was, a lot of the men were here too, just around, just, you know, just. But we was getting stuff too, you know. And, and it was an awesome time. And if you remember, those of you that were here, if you remember Saturday, it was a little colder in here. A little colder than usual. People were complaining a little bit. But they don't stop these women because you're warriors and you're like, I don't care. We'll meet in the street if we have to, right? But you know, do you know what happened? Do you know why it got colder on Saturday? Because sometime between Friday and Saturday, that unit seized and shut down. And this unit had an explosion, caught fire, melted all the inside that unit, melted all the PVC, all the wire, all the cable, melted inside Burnt up completely. We didn't even know till Monday when we brought somebody in to check out the unit. He said, yo, there's been a fire here. This thing burnt up. Now, <laughs> now listen, listen. This is kind of cool. I don't know how your theology sees this, but here's what I see. God was doing something here with the women of this church. God, just like God is doing something in this church. God is doing something in this community. God knows that we're up to his, his work and we're about it. And, 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 and to, to me, you know, the enemy said, again, I'm going to stop this thing. Again, I got to stop. I got to interrupt. If I could interrupt this Friday night and stop the conference early, some people will leave broken still. Some people won't get delivered. Some people won't be free. If I could stop it Friday night, and, and, and here's what, what, what I, I think the enemy, the, God said, you know what? I'm going to let there be a fire there because I actually want to change that unit because it's not safe. <laughs> but now one woman is going to leave here smelling like smoke. Again, we can't stop telling our stories. 
If we don't know that, you know, you didn't hear us up here crying, oh, that was $1,500, that was another thousand. And now, listen, it doesn't, you, you know what happened? We got, we had one of those sitting in the basement. We brought it up, switched it, and, and, and put that in. And then uh, our, our custodian, you know, the Jose Sanchez Learning Center, he decided, I don't want to use that old one. I don't want us to go through this. So he's going to buy us one. And so that a new one is getting installed. Now you see everything's working well because it's hot in here. But a new one is getting. See, God knows what He's doing. Somebody say Amen. amen. And we gotta we gotta keep telling. Can I encourage you this year to make that one of the good habits that we work on in this coming year? Share the gospel and share your story. Share the gospel and share. Listen, if we need more room, we'll make more room. If we need to start another church up the block, we'll start another church up the block. Amen. It's not, who cares? The the, the time is too critical. It's too much nonsense in the world. The other day, I love it. The other day, there were, I don't know if you guys saw that, 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 um, that, that explosion, Con Ed, that transformer explosion, and it caused this blue cloud in the, and people were recording the video saying, Jesus, I don't know if you're coming, God, but don't leave me. Don't leave me. Because and, and we were watching a video. We were watching a video. There's a Christian man. He's saying, I don't know. I don't believe in UFOs, but I don't know, man. There's a blue thing glowing. Look, look, look. He's standing at the, at the, at the store. And he's saying, and I hear a hovering sound. I don't know, but Jesus, and praying and praying and praying. Funny. But, but the time is short. Amen? The time is short, man. Share Share, to share the gospel and tell. And listen, if we look at the pattern of cycles in the book of Judges, the people did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord, and because of their obedience, God allowed them to be taken over by it. Do you know sin leads to slavery? Nothing's clearer in the book of Judges. Sin leads to slavery. And so after the people had been in slavery for like eight years or 16 years, it was different every time. They come to their senses. They cry out to God again. And whenever people cry out to God, God raises up a deliverer. And, and the word says that wherever he raised up a judge, he was with the judge and the judge rescues them, leads them to freedom. And then they enjoy a time of peace again. Sometimes it was 10 years. Sometimes it was 20. Sometimes it was 40 years. Until, of course, they allowed themselves again to drift from God. Forty years passed. They allowed themselves. Maybe that's the next generation that they didn't tell stories to. The next generation that they didn't brag on God to. The next generation that doesn't know that, that people sitting in the Bronx experienced the fire and nobody even smelled smoke. You, you, you understand? And so, again, they find themselves doing what was evil. In the eyes of the Lord, and they again become enslaved. And after years and years and many seasons, they cry out and again, and God raises a deliverer. And, and if you read the book of Judges, it's a cycle that happens again and again and again and again. And it's not about us, it's about Israel, but it's like looking in the mirror. It's like looking in the mirror sometimes. The, the book is pointing to their need for a real king, for an eternal savior. But can we look at the world around us right now in the light of this book? And look how the world around us celebrates false gods. Embraces every kind of spirituality. 
You can have a saint on your neck and a cross on your on your neck and a, and a Buddha in your pocket and a, and a, and a, a Capricorn T-shirt on and a, and an amulet, you know, over here to protect from evil spirits. And a, and come on, man. We live in a world that just creates, it's a DIY religion. Just do it yourself. Whatever feels good. Oh, I like, I like the horoscope piece, so I'm going to keep that from the new age. I, I like this piece, so I'm going I'm to add some saints. I like this piece, so I'm going to keep that. And, I like, and, and it's a do-it-yourself religion, but that's not Bible. It's not what the Word says. Amen? And, the, and, and if we look at the book of Judges, it says it again and again, and it ends with this. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Now, of course, we're in a different time today, amen? God has already raised up the last king that we need. He already paid the price. He already delivered us. He brought us eternal life, and we can have peace and live and grow in him. But, but watch this. I'm going to kind of flip this on you real quick. Jesus said before he ascended in John 14, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, and he will do greater things than these. Wait. In John 8, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. But yet in Matthew, he says, you are the light of the world. And in Philippians, he says, we shine as lights in this world. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, we've been reconciled to God and been giving the ministry of reconciliation. Why, let, me, let me kind of blow your, your, your t- theology for a minute. Could it be that in a way, God has called us to be the judges for this time? To be the rescuers. To be the deliverers. Let, let, let's, let's just look at that real quick and, 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 and I'm done, I promise. Toward, towards the last few judges, in the, towards the last few cycles, God raised up a deliverer even before the people cried out. If, I don't know if you caught that in your reading. God loves us so recklessly that he raised the deliverer even before they asked for one. It's the gospel, why we were sinners, Christ died, but... The people that God uses as judges, don't, don't think that I'm trying to, this, I'm not trying to start a cult here. Just, just, just hear me out. I'm not trying to say like, hey, we have this divine revelation that nobody has. No, no. It's clear in the, in the, in the scriptures. I'm going to preach gospel. Amen. But could it be that the, the, if we look at in the book of Judges, the people that God uses as judges are nothing but broken saviors pointing to the perfect one. Could that be our call today? The stories of the judges affirm the truth that God works through broken people. But if God says that we are the salt and light of the world and we've been reconciled to be ministers of reconciliation, could it be that he's still raising judges? Could it be that you're sitting here? I mean, just let this blow your mind for a minute. Could it be that at your job, somebody's been crying out? Could it be that in your family, somebody's been crying out for years? Could it be that in your community, in your job, wherever, in, 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 your, in your connections, in your social circles, could it be that for years people have been crying out and God has heard them and he's raised the judge? 
He's raised the deliverer, a broken savior that points to the perfect one. If we look at the judges, they were, they were nothing special. I don't have to, I'm going to end this right now. I'm not going to get into it. I was going to talk about Ehud and, and, and Gideon and Samson. And they were nothing. Worship team, you guys can come. There was nothing special about him. Ehud, the, 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 one of the first ones that you can see, whoa, there's a problem here. This dude, it says he was left-handed. The author makes sure that we understand that he was left-handed. And if you read the commentaries and the, and the, and the studies, it, it probably means he had a gimp right hand. He had like a right hand that he couldn't use. And so in that time, in a time of, of warriors and soldiers, somebody with a messed up right hand that was left-handed was not a threat. But because of that, he was able to stand before the king of Moab, if you read the story. And the king of, he told the king of Moab, I have a special word for you from God. And the king looked at him and he said, this dude got a little, little hand and he's got no no um, weapons, no, but he did have a weapon. He had, he had a sword on his right leg. But in that time, everybody's looking for the sword on the, on the left leg because the warriors were right-handed. So nobody saw. And so the king said, yeah, it's fine. You can leave me here with this guy. And as soon as everybody leaves, he reached with the left hand for the right sword. And it says he killed him and delivered God's people. See, sometimes we think it's our ability and our giftedness that God wants to use. Maybe it's our weakness. Maybe it's our weakness that God wants to use. See, God doesn't look for ability. He looks for availability. Deborah, woman judge. You understand the, the implications of that in that time? A woman judge brings, brings uh, uh, delivery to, to, brings freedom to God's people. And she did it only because another woman helped her, right? She, she took on this enemy and she, 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 she took them all out, but the king escaped and he ran. And so another woman, Jael, another woman catches the king. He, he's running and she tells him she uses her femininity. Oh, come on, ladies. She uses her femininity to be used by God. She says, come, enter the tent. Take a nap. He said, I'm thirsty. I need water. She gives him a skin of milk. She said, toma leche. This is going to knock you out. The king comes in, thinks that this woman's taking care of him. She, he gets in a sleeping bag, a sleep cozy. Are you sleeping? She takes a tent peg, puts it to his temple. Oh, I'm sorry. The kids are here. Um. And so they play checkers and that guy dies. In a very peaceful, beautiful way. But God, see, God equips women and God equips men for his call. Can we just stand? Can we say amen? What would you do if you knew that God was with you? And would we take our calling this year? Would we step into the new year saying, I got to share two things. I got to share the truth of the word. I got to share the gospel with people. And I got to share my story. People need to hear your story. Amen. There's nothing that you can't do this year. 
There's nothing that you can't do this year if you seek first the kingdom of God. I'll leave it, I'll leave it right there. Hallelujah. Wow. We've been challenged. But the good thing about being challenged is that that even in our weakness, God is strong, man. And you've made it through 2018. So give yourself a hand for that, man. We ain't come out unscathed. Some of us got the wounds and the scars to show. But God has been faithful, faithful every time, hasn't he? So this is the last song of 2018 here at the Sanctuary Fellowship. Because I might not see some of you guys, what, tomorrow? You know, as you celebrate New Year's Eve. But I want to say thank you. On behalf of the leadership here, thank you for making this church a church. Thank you for all that you've given, not even talking about finances, for all that you've given, your life, your time, your heart, your love. Because if you look around, this is the testimony of what we've done this year. And for the visitors, I want to say welcome. You are always welcome back. And for the family here, oh man, 2019, some of us thought we wouldn't see it. But I'm looking forward to stepping into the new year with God's grace, His mercy, and His love and his forgiveness because God never fails. So we're going to go out with this song called Great Are You, Lord. And I want you to sing it with all your heart, all that's within you. I want you to show off, show out, even if you can't sing. Don't worry. Every note is in key today. 2019, I don't know, maybe that'd be, but today, the last day of 2018, you're a professional, all right? <laughs> Great are you, Lord. You give life, you are love, you bring light to, you give hope, you restore. Every heart sing great. Great are you, Lord. Sing great. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath. And I love. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, your praise.
One more time, say It's your breath and our lungs So we pour out our praise it's your breath and our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Somebody bless the Lord. Come on. Oh. Father, you are worthy of the highest praise. You're worthy, Lord. Come on. You give life. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, Goodbye to 2018 today. Oh, you've been good, Lord. Father, we lift our hands and we sing. All the earth, and all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
Just in, a, in, in, in unity, can we do that? Because I might not see some of you guys tomorrow. But I just want to stand here as a family. And I want you to just silently pray over this, this church, over this family, over this community. Can we do that? Right before we end, let's just do that. today and you have shown up. You are here in this room. We want to say thank you. There's some lessons, Father, that we've learned. There's some we still haven't learned, but you've been good and you've been gracious and you've been patient. Father, there's been some victories, oh God. And there's been some personal failures. But even in that, Lord, you get all the glory. And we say thank you. Father, some of us have run away. Just to find ourselves back here today. And we say thank you. Father, and we say we love you. Because we leave this year knowing that you've been so good. And we say thank you. 
And we say we love you. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than here before your feet, Lord. We say thank you. Lord, we love you. And in your arms of peace, we find true safety. We say we thank you, Lord. We love you. So we look forward to the new day to come, knowing that every battle you have already won, Lord. We say thank you. And we say we love you. And tomorrow, we'll stay in a place of rest. Because we already know that we're blessed. We say thank you. Somebody say thank you. And we love you. You are blessed to be a blessing. Come on, step out of 2018. Before you do, bless somebody on the way out. Bless one of your family members. God has brought you too far. He has given you, equipped you to be awesome because you are. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.